I can only imagine. So now this is actually part of the official podcast, and this will be episode three of Dear Doris. We've done this before, but now we have a little label with it. So I love it. We're recording. I'm going to introduce the, the podcast and then just say hello to you. How are you doing? Thank you for being here kind of thing. And then I will recap how we met because I found myself in that same situation a month ago, jacking it three times a day, smoking just four. Was that four years ago? Oh, my God. Was it? Was I mean, it four it years ago? Tw- is 2022 it was yeah because i've been in boulder for four and a half years and that was like the six months yeah wow wow things take time okay (laughs) let's do this are you ready to do this shit i'm ready to do this shit let's do it full flow sister full flow all right welcome to dear doris episode three we're not with fish today we are talking sex with the lovely Soraya. How are you, sister? I am so good. I'm just happy to be reconnecting with you and getting to flow with you on one of our favorite topics. And it's really fun to realize we're circling around uh, back to it four years from when it first started. Wow, exactly. So today's conversation will be about sex, porn, presence, the effects that social media and all of this stimulation that we're taking in may have in our ability to connect with a partner. But before we get started, life really goes in cycles, and I want to retell the story of how Soraya and I met four years ago in Tulum. (laughs) So, we were at a party, I didn't know you, and to be honest, I wasn't really connected with the vibe of the party and I was kind of getting ready to go and you were sitting at a little picnic table thing and I sat with you and you had a lovely presence so I don't think it's a coincidence that I chose to sit there (laughs) you ask me how I'm doing (laughs) and boy did I give it to you so I don't (laughs) You're like, hey, man, how you doing? And I respond by saying, you know what? I really feel drained lately. And I've been jerking off like three times a day in the bathroom at the hostel that I work out and smoking weed all day. And I'm fucking tired. And what's beautiful about this in hindsight is that oftentimes when you're open, fully open the universe will just bring you lovely gifts and little did i know i was sitting across from a fucking wizard who's a sex relationship tantra overall human coach if you want to call it that right but um yeah we we proceeded to have a two or three hour conversation and a friendship has emerged from that but there's just A lot came from that, and I want to touch on like three bullet points that really stuck with me, although I haven't fully practiced them. So the first was that you told me, yo, every time you bust a nut, 
your body is preparing to create life. Let's just stop the podcast here. Let's let everybody just take a moment with that. That that really blew my mind and it makes all the sense in the world, but here I am giving my body the signal that I'm creating life and it's not even coming from a loving, uh, expansive, horny space. It's coming from, I'm fucking bored. I don't know what I'm doing with my life and this is how I escape three times a day. So that was profound. And then you went on to explain to me how your sexual energy is extremely connected to your creativity and all these areas in your life outside of just having sex. So you really opened a door for me to see a little more deeply with this. And then the last thing I'll say here is I asked you, hey, how do I, how do I fix me, <laughs> you know? And you said you're not broken, but what I would recommend is that you stop masturbating with porn and really, you, you help me recognize that men are quite uh, stimulated by visual. Mm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe women are like a little more emotional and men are like, what does it look like? So, so, so you guided me to practice masturbating with myself without fantasy, without a picture without a video and just to really learn my body mm -hmm. and you said you know what go home and treat yourself like you would treat the woman of your dreams would you go fuck her in the hostel bathroom right now and that was tricky because we were like you were like yeah maybe. but no yeah like in a certain situation yeah but sure if this is like the final fuck of all time and you're really gonna be present you're going to put on some fucking music. You're going to light the candles. You're going to set the vibe. And it's very related to this cook for yourself like you love yourself. And we've said this in a previous podcast. Fuck yourself like you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And maybe three days later, I was laying down, got a little horny urge. And I started touching myself and really trying to tap into my body and not fantasize. And I recognized whoa, this is difficult for me to really get aroused from my own touch. Now, knowing more or less that this is the path for me to become more present in my body, four years later, I still have not accomplished this. Um, and along that journey and many check-ins with myself, I felt guilty about that and shame about that. And now I'm really just accepting where I'm at and looking to expand from there. So that's a little introduction to how Soraya and I met and where we like to connect and the beautiful wisdom that she's able to share with us. And we're going to dive into that today. If you have something to say, please do. But I would like to start this conversation around shame. You know, I, I'm not in touch with the shame that I hold in my sexuality. And as I'm exploring more intentionally and talking to other 
experienced um, coaches and such, uh, they keep bringing up that we have to meet the shame and basically let go of it. So I'm asking you, and I, I love to hear some guidance in how do we identify our shame firstly, and then at that point, how can we gracefully, being kind to ourselves, work on letting go of it? Mm, this is a really good question. Um, and yeah, it's it's fun to kind of hear the story of how we met through your words and circle back to that. And one thing I love about you, Lee, is that you you are always just like shamelessly so open. And I love that. Um, it's, it is what allowed us to go so deep right from the start. And it's what allows other people to come here and join in these conversations. And to even that is a softening of shame to be like putting it out there, what you're working with and normalizing it because so many other people are struggling with the exact same thing. And when they can feel that, that starts to dissolve the shame on its own to recognize I'm not alone. Nothing's wrong with me. Um, the thing about shame is it's it's like a way that we define ourselves. It's like saying I'm bad. Something about me is wrong. Um, something about my sexuality is wrong. And because sex is the seed of our creation, if we are ashamed of our sexuality, then at the core, we're ashamed of our own existence. That's big. So shame is like the biggest cock blocker in every area of life. <laughs> right like it's it keeps us playing small it keeps us feeling icky about ourselves feeling not enough stuck in little games of the ego um, and it blocks our pleasure in a big way so yeah some people's shame is more um, obvious others is more covert you know I work with a lot of people who have very loud, tangible religious shame um, that have had it drilled into them that something is deeply sinful and wrong and dirty about their sexuality until you're married and then go ahead and have sex and have babies and it's all okay. Um, and by the time they get to that point, they're like, what do I even do with this? Um, other people, it can be, you know, it can be manifesting on a deeper level. There can be shame around our bodies or shame around what we like, what turns us on shame around how we've connected with our sexuality, if we feel an integrity around that, if we've had insecurities, if we've had negative experiences. Um, so there's lots of different kind of flavors to shame, if you will. And so recognizing shame is often going to feel like a contraction in the body. So where do you feel that contraction? And if you drop into it, what does it say? What stories does it hold about your sexuality? So I know you asked how to identify shame. What was your second question again? In that process of identification, sort mm -hmm. of how would one go about transmuting that or yeah. letting go of it, um, getting it out of their system, if you will. And maybe that's not the right vocabulary, so I'm, I'm here to be corrected. Oh, I like that you spoke to that. I see it as integrating um, every single piece of ourselves has a place at the table and is worthy of a place at the table. So the part of us that carries shame needs to be heard, needs to be voiced. We need to be able to embrace and welcome that part of us and say, it's okay that you feel this way. And what do you need? What do you need to move through this? You know, like what would support you in feeling like rather than this being a huge block to pleasure and connection, you can feel welcome and have a seat at the table. Now, we don't want the shame being something that is running the show. We don't want the shame in the driver's seat. But 
we do we do want it to know that it's it's like welcome here it's not wrong and something that needs to be banished because that's just driving shame deeper it's like you're wrong you don't belong here it's it's like perpetuating that frequency so i see it more as like integrating it into its rightful place what purpose has this shame served in your life uh, what has it made you look more closely at what curiosities has it created within you that's beautiful. You answered my follow-up question in that, is shame a guidance mechanism within our system? And I'm finding that with anxiety and the ego, you know, years ago, I was under the impression that the ego's bad. And when the ego shows up, that sucks. Get rid of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then over time, I learned, ooh, the ego is in here. And me chasing it away isn't really doing any good. So how can I start to welcome the ego in for a little bit of tea so that we can get to know one another? And uh, where I'm at right now in my life, I sort of feel, this is just bullshit story in my head, but for conceptualization, it feels like I went like 88% deep at like 26 years old. So I was super fucking here and flowy and stuff. And I thought I had arrived, which is just a fallacy in itself, right? I'm woke oh, now. the mythical for, arrival for, point. <laughs> yeah, for anyone that feels that, you're entitled to your own journey. But I, I invite mm-hmm. you to open up to a perpetual path with no finish line. Anyway, the 12% that I didn't meet has been haunting me and that's where uh, I'm not good enough shows up that's where smoking addictions show up at least that's what it feels like Mm -hmm. and now with the help of beautiful humans like you and other teachers it's taking me time but I'm getting deeper into fully accepting all of the elements of myself and let me Mm -hmm. tell you everybody has their own journey but there's no fucking way I could have done this alone by myself Mm -hmm. so when we talk about bringing up shame and sort of having a safe space for us to view ourselves fully view the the parts of us that we've been denying that have been begging for us to be seen uh, the value of community and maybe even a coach you know this is worth investing in from my experience so everybody's different and everybody will have their own ride with this but i just think it's really important and that's why i'm creating the army of love is so that i can come on here and be vulnerable and open a conversation so that other people can connect and that's one layer of it but really at some point i want to be sharing physical space and really holding support for one another and it's very much like a dance floor where like you're on your own internal journey but together we become stronger how does that feel to you i love it absolutely yeah i think bringing shame into the light and just being able to look at it um for what it is you know just where does it come from whose voice is it you know a lot of times the shame we feel is not our own voice it's something that's been deeply programmed into us And so nobody came out of the womb being ashamed of their body or their sexuality. That's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. And we need to look at where did I get that from? And sometimes it wasn't something that was explicitly expressed 
through the voice. Sometimes it was through the silence. It was through what was not said. It was through the facial expressions, the awkward avoidant energy or the disgust that other people exhibited around sexuality, nudity, these sort of things. So we might not have an explicit memory of where that shame comes from, um, but getting curious around like what kinds of things shaped my perspective on this throughout the course of my life. And a lot of what I do in my work is helping people peel back those layers of false self that have gotten piled on top of that true essence underneath that is connected to that sexual vitality that is made of that sexual vitality that lets it flow freely and is liberated in mm. that way, but has become bogged down because of these layers of trauma, conditioning, um, negative, experience, negative experiences. You know, we can learn from all of them, but these negative feedback loops that can occur once one thing happens and then we have anxiety and it continues to self-perpetuate. So peeling back the layers and coming home to that innate, natural, vital, flowing sexual energy that we all came from. That was incredible. Thank you so much. <sighs> okay. Speaking of shame, mm -hmm. I'm going to shamelessly flow with a moment of clarity I had in probably January. So just a real quick recap. I moved out to Mexico in September. Around Christmas, my dad needed a heart surgery. So I abruptly was pulled out of sunny Mexico and brought back home. Lovely. <laughs> and it, it was lovely to be with family and dad is doing great. Thank you everyone for your support and love. Mm. Now, I found myself in a situation, there's crazy details, maybe I'll tell that story one day, but all that's important is at one point, uh, everyone in my family had COVID and they were kicking my dad out of the hospital because everyone with COVID was coming in and they're like, you're going to die if you're here, you got to go home. And then everyone in my family had COVID, but I was the least sick. So at some point it was on me to take care of dad from a distance and it was, it was very odd. So we had an Airbnb, he was staying upstairs, I was downstairs. The point is during this five day stretch, I couldn't go for a run. Uh, sometimes he dropped his phone. So if he drops his phone and he needs me, I need to be able to hear him. So I can't go for a run. I can't put headphones on and listen to music. What am I gonna do? <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like, cool, I haven't watched Netflix in years. Like, let me do that. And after about two days of Netflix and YouTube, it almost felt like I squeezed anything of substance out of it and the rest was garbage to me. I was just sitting there like, this is what people fucking watch all day? Like, thank God I'm addicted to music because <laughs> this is fucking trash. And what ended up happening was my level of engagement wasn't being fulfilled. So if I'm watching a movie that's incredible, I'm with it. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes I'm watching something and, oh, let me also pull out the phone and order Uber Eats and do this and do that. And I'm doing like three things at once, which is really not doing anything. So my, I was like, just felt my escapes wearing out. It's like, fuck, man, chocolate's not really doing it. I keep smoking this weed. It's not getting me high. Um, 
I'm depressed because my dad might die and I might give him COVID. This is tricky. Um, the point is, I found myself back on porn. And when I was in Mexico, I may have dabbled here or there, but I felt like I had a healthy relationship with it. <sighs> All right, let's be real about it. New Jersey, I got back to that three a day, that three a day porn use. And I felt shame while I was doing it. So like I wasn't even in it. And there was a day that I took a quarter tab of acid. And to be clear, it's not like I took the acid and went right to Pornhub. No, I went outside. <laughs> I went to a park. I fucking walked all around the nature, you know. And uh, to be clear, this is when this is a week later. So my dad and I are back home with the whole family. I can kind of explore a little bit. I take a little acid. I walk around. I'm connecting with the trees. Oh, my. And then I come back home and I find that in my room, it's like there's like demons in here or something like the the loop of my insecurities are painting the walls of this room or something. It triggers me to an extent. And the truth is I opened Instagram and a pretty woman posted a picture of her ass, basically, which, of course, she has every right to do. And before I know it, I'm opening up incognito on Chrome. And we know what happens there. So I open up Pornhub and like six minutes into it, I'm like switching between scenes. And there was a particular moment, Soraya, where the scene wasn't even on. Nothing was happening. And I was like on autopilot jerking my penis. Mm. And I just like caught myself and I looked down and I'm like, dude, you are so out of touch with your body, your sexual energy. In fact, you haven't fucking touched a woman in ages. Uh, there's more about Instagram stuff that we'll get to later. Let's keep it here right now. Mm -hmm. So it was just this moment of clarity that I really disconnected, mm -hmm. like very disconnected. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm going to finish this little jerk session and then we're going to be better about this. So I honored, I honored the moment and did what I wanted to do, but it was, mm -hmm. it was a new level of clarity. And then right after that, uh, orgasm, if you could even call it that, that's a, it's a disgrace to even call that an orgasm. But, um, I started watching a couple Ted talks about porn dopamine novelty and how high-speed internet basically changed everything mm -hmm. so let's just talk about this a little bit and to start uh, maybe what I felt in that moment was wow what do I want in a partnership and what do I want from sex mm. and I've never really sat down and like wrote this shit down and when I'm writing it down, it's like I want a conscious partner to explore that sacred union of oneness through touch and energy. And that's that's what I want. And then I did an honest self-assessment of what am I doing? Where am I putting my intention and energy in my life to bring that type of sexual partner 
into my field. Mm -hmm. And in the honest assessment, I started crying uh, because I was so, so far away from where I want to be. But the tears were more like, oh, my God, this is heavy, but so incredible. I'm, I'm strong enough to to really feel this and know that this is going to be a long path. So before I pass it to you, I just want to say how I felt and then get your take. So how I felt was that I want to be more present in general, mm-hmm. but particularly with my body and sensations. And in order to do that and to really get turned on by the littlest of things, this is going to take some time to unwind and decondition the literal fucking neurological changes I've made in my brain from over 12 years of heavy porn use. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Wow, I have so much to say to all of this. Um, <laughs> Send it. <laughs> well, you, you, answered, you answered some of my questions that I was going to ask you already, which is like, what do you want from sex? You know, And that's, that's an important thing to look at. It's an important place to start because otherwise we are doing things without intention. We don't know why we're doing them. Self-awareness is, is really key. It's like 90% of the solution. So like, where is this coming from? What do I want from it? And then also looking at, you know, what you want is, is so far away from what you're doing to attract that. And that's really important to look at too, because I see that from a lot of people, they want something that is very different from what they are practicing that will attract that. And so understanding like where that disparity is, is, is really important too. Um, and the other thing that I would ask is like, what did seeing that girl's ass on Instagram trigger within you? Like, what did you feel in your body? What thoughts came up? What desires arose? What was really there for you? All right. You just segued to the, the social media rant, which uh, I'm going to do it. Um, do I've it. talked to a lot of, I've talked to a lot of men that I, I shouldn't even have to preface this. Right. But I will, because I've had this conversation in private with many men and many men are having the same experience that I am. Mm -hmm. So basically, oh, and think about pandemic, right? Like we're not really going out and touching people. We're more on our phones. So I think it intensified for me in pandemic, but I got to a point where my sex life was essentially fantasies through social media interactions. Mm. And it was just so cheap. I mean, what led me to it is ultimately the sense of separation, mm-hmm. um, which I'm learning now how to, how to really find that in myself. So really what happens is like, I'm seeking connection. I'm not deeply rooted in myself. This is just the story, right? I'm not deeply rooted in myself. So instead of recognizing the connection, I go looking for it out there. Mm -hmm. And now in my fucking pocket, I got access to uh, sources to seek for that connection. And just to be clear, because this pisses me off, everybody thinks I get tons of girls and tons of attention. Absolutely the opposite. It's not like that. So I want to be very clear. It's not like, ooh, let me take my pick. No, it's not like that at all. (laughs) But here's what's happening, okay? 
from my perspective, this is what's happening. Um, my initial research for this came from an ego place. Uh, I was looking at another woman in the music scene, and I noticed that her average post would have 200 to 300 likes, but the four or five times she showed a titty, it was like 900 likes. It was astronomically different. And it was just very clear to see, well, here you go. This one's got it. This one's back down to 200. What do you know? Mm -hmm. So basically what I think is happening is, one, women are getting more attention from posting seductive photos and content. Uh, Two, men are drawn to that. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? That makes sense. But then Instagram knows this, and their main objective is to keep you on the app as long as possible. So I think over time, they're putting this more in your face. So I go on Instagram to post a Space Hat Sunday video, and a girl's ass is in my face. And you asked, right? Like, what happens in that moment? Mm -hmm. And the truth is, I start fantasizing. I'm not saying it needs to end. I recognize that I need to step the fuck away from it if I'm going to come closer to the sex and presence that I want in my life. But I think this is a really fucking important topic to talk about. Um, I don't know what it's like from the women's side. I don't know the mental effect of, wow, I get more attention when I show my ass. But when I tell a vulnerable story about my last relationship, it gets half the footage I need more likes and stuff, so I'm going to post more ass. And then that's more ass coming into my field, right? So it's, it's just, it's going on and on. Um, so I kind of in that moment of clarity on the, the acid jerk, I, I could feel what my sex life had become. And it had become something all in my head and on a screen and I felt sad for myself and like others who aren't aware of this and who are suffering from a lot of the disconnection that I am Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question but what do you have for that yeah. So what you're speaking to is <clears throat> this, the, the illusion of separateness, like you're feeling that disconnection. And then there's this grasping for something externally to help you feel connected in some way. And we, we all grasp for things. We all have our vices. You know, for some people, it's scrolling social media. Other people, it's food. Other people, it's drugs, sex, porn. Like there's exercise. Um, anything can be addictive. If you're using it as a way to escape rather than to actually intentionally bring you back further into connection because the thing is most people um, that I talk with express some level of feeling empty or disappointed or shame after they indulge in something like porn not always depends on I think a lot of it depends on the intention the why behind it what are you trying to get from it excuse me I have a tickle in my throat um all good yeah, what are you trying to get from it? And so if we're wanting to feel connected, if we feel disconnected, portaling out on a screen, being on autopilot is not actually going to bring us back into connection. And I think this is something so 
interesting and challenging and and really tragic in a lot of ways in our in our current culture in the state of technology is that we have so many things pulling at our attention all the time our attention span is super fractured um, I was just talking about this yesterday, actually, how even you were talking about like looking at the screen, but then pulling out your second screen and you're doing three things at once, but you're not actually accomplishing or doing or being present with anything. It's not even about accomplishment, but there's not even like a quality of presence there. And so we can feel really busy. We can feel just like this information overload, but there's no true depth of experiencing the moment. And before all this technology, like, what do you think people did? Like, they, they weren't constantly looking for the next thrill, the next dopamine hit. That came through connection with self, with nature, with other. Um, you know, when the sun went down, it was dark. Perhaps it was cold. And, like, what were you going to do with that time? You were probably going to make music, make love, storytell, um, talk with your friends, sleep, rest. You know, like, there wasn't all these artificial light blinking things with all these new um, sensory overload just pulling at us. And we're in such a culture of instant gratification that can make it so hard to be present with anything. And presence is how we fill our cup. Otherwise, we are completely ignoring the now. We're always projecting into like the future or the past. So if we're never right here, how are we going to feel fulfilled? Because we're actually absent from the moment. So I think when we are constantly reaching, we're saying no to the doorway, to the divine that exists right here, right now, in every single moment, no matter how that moment looks. And we are constantly turning away, saying, no, not this moment, not here, not now. I need something else to try to fill my cup. I don't want to bring forth the the effort it takes to be present with this moment. This moment is not presenting in the way I wanted it to or the way I expected it to. And I'm just scratching the surface of it and projecting my attention elsewhere. But what if every single moment was sacred? In, in Tantra, everything is seen as sacred. The profane, the mundane, it is all sacred. And so everything is a doorway to the divine that we can choose to step through if we want to, but most of us are procrastinating, saying, no, not here and not now. There's something better to do over here, but somehow I still feel drained. I don't feel complete. I still feel disconnected. So what does it mean to actually sink your teeth into this moment and to, to sink your teeth into life's juices even when they're sour? Like, what can I receive from this moment, whether it's intense, whether it's boring, whether it's sad or lonely? What can I receive from it when I really open to it and I really lean in to be present. Wow. Fuck yeah. That's incredible. And I feel very happy because it's in exact alignment with the realizations I had after the acid jerk. And that was essentially that presence is the answer ultimately and I started to recognize more clearly, I mean, obviously I knew this, but now I was seeing more clearly how much interference I'm allowing into my being, my nervous system, my everything, by looking at what fucking Johnny Smallpants is doing in <laughs> Belarus. I mean, what the fuck? And 
again, it's about sitting down with the intention, right? It's, it's this lossless seeking for connection, and then it seems to be a perpetual loop if you're seeking the connection on social media, which there is connection there, not to say it's all bad, right? It's, not, it's certainly not a conversation of that, but I realize how deep I am in it, and when I look around at the world, it's like we're all, most of us are in the same position, probably just not really aware of it, and that's, that's why I want to have these conversations. So for me, it's really become a path to presence, and mm-hmm. in the past, I would go sign up for an ayahuasca ceremony and just, you know, try to fix it overnight. And now I feel so happy because I recognize the journey ahead and it's a, a slow, it's just nature, baby. Trees don't grow overnight, right? So this is going to take time, but man, we can be fully here and accepting of all of it on the way to wherever we're going, right? It's not about a finish line, but it is about sort of deconditioning habits and tendencies uh, to fulfill boredom and disconnection and finding how to really sit with it. And before I pass it back to you, mm-hmm. had a great, great story this last, ooh, I don't know if, I can't tell the whole story here, it's too long. But the point is I found myself at this party I wasn't connecting with the music, so all of a sudden I started paying attention to the house. And the house is a museum. I mean, it's filled with art. And I sat with this one piece of art, and I was looking at the detail so closely that it would have taken me 20 minutes to scan the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And after about four minutes, I felt the need to escape. And it's not that I wasn't engaged, it's that I didn't have the attention span. And there was so much information coming from this piece of art that I didn't feel I had the foundation and presence to be with it. It was that powerful. And then I'm going around the house looking at everything and I'm like, holy fuck balls, Johnson. There is so much to take in from every moment if you're actually here if you're fucking paying attention hello (laughs) how you doing so much but we're numbing our senses out and we're always trying to look for distraction and, and being avoidant and so i mean what you just spoke to that's it like the nectar of this work is how do you integrate the your awareness into those mundane moment-to-moment experiences? Because people will tell me, like, I can't be present in the bedroom. My mind's wandering, this, that, and the other. I'm like, well, are you present in the way you eat your meal? Or do you scarf it down? Do you just devour it? Are you trying to achieve the end result? You're plowing through it. Are you present in your conversations? You know, how many screens are you looking at at a time? presence isn't just going to turn on in the bedroom if we're not practicing it anywhere else in our lives. And it, you know, it, it's, it ripples into every single area. So we need to be practicing that presence in everything that we're doing and getting into the body and being present with the breath and the five senses are ways that we can really take in what is right here right now. But so many of us are numb because our nervous system is fried from sensory overload. And this numbness happens in, in so many different ways, whether it's like jerking off too aggressively, like too fast, too hard, too much friction, um, vibrators, 
porn, all of these things can be desensitizing. Um, because essentially it's, you know, trauma happens when there's too much, too fast, too soon. And even bringing in a really abrasive, fast, sudden frequency of pleasure can be overwhelming to the nervous system. And it can kind of shut down and go into this numbness. It can't take on that much sensation at once. We need to be breathing and slowing down with it. And when you're bombarding your system with like switching from scene to scene, you're not training yourself to be present with a lover and what it is to attune with their body and your body and where is that synergy and that communication and the connection. None of that is present. So you're training yourself to be an absent-minded lover that is on some trajectory on autopilot that's not actually here. I know. <laughs> I know. And I personally reached a point where I've had enough. Sometimes we have to hit a rock bottom. And it's not to say, oh, I'm never watching porn again. I, I don't like to put those types of restrictions mm -hmm. on myself. But I do feel like I have a lot of clarity. And it all leads to presence. So real quick, just to share a couple pointers for anyone who's really, how the fuck do I work on that um, for me? I spend an hour less on social media and an hour more in guided meditations or reading. Like, I think I'm not a big reader. So for me, reading is like the ultimate, it, oh, what a gift it's been to me lately. Like I'm learning how to read and it's, it's putting me in presence and a calm, slower state of being. And then something else that really works for me is I'll go for walks and I'll leave my cell phone at home. And my buddy and I went to pick up his laundry the other day and I said, I'll walk with you. Let's do it. I left my phone at home on purpose. And there was maybe four or five moments where we were waiting in line or something. And what did I do? I reached in my pocket and I was like, oh, shit, I ain't got nothing in my pocket and instead, I walked outside and smiled and started speaking broken Spanish with the old lady. And did I feel connected as fuck in that moment? Yes, I did. And I saw that and I said, wow, you know, I have grace that a part of me still wants to check my inbox right now. Mm -hmm. But I recognize, you know, this is going to be a long journey. And I think this is fucking incredibly important for anyone who's feeling aligned with this because from my perception we are way deeper in this technology wave than we even know and like the grip that it has on us and the fact that we can watch a documentary like the social dilemma or whatever whatever it's called where they're showing us how these apps are twisted and terrible for our brains and we're still fucking using it like conscious human beings we're still doing it this is unacceptable for me so i'm not deleting instagram tomorrow but i'm really phasing away from it and changing the way that i interact with it and i'm certainly not using it as my source place for connection anymore but the whole thing is i wasn't aware that i was doing that so i'm fully no regrets and i'm grateful for the journey that's brought me here but it does feel like the path is one towards presence. And I kind of think about 
if I went to the forest on a camping trip with some guy that grew up on a farm and doesn't have a cell phone, like, not that it's a competition, but who's going to be able to tap into that, mm, that, ah, that essence of the forest more quickly, more deeply, more on more cleanly without interruption of the mind and stuff and obviously it's the farmer and i'm not saying i'm going to live on a farm but just to paint the picture of two extremes i want to slowly work towards that way and i'm looking to gather other people who feel that they're in a similar situation so if that's you please reach out to me let's get on zoom calls let's build a little community i'm this is my ego involved here, but I am fucking exhausted of yelling this shit to people on Instagram and social media and saying, guys, I think I'm on to something here, and then really just feeling empty in the response. So that's the ego, for sure, um, but it's frustrating, and I'm losing my energy in doing that. So I'm just looking for two or three people that want to meet twice a month, come into the same space, and let's talk about this. It's not like you talk about shame once and it's gone and uh, I'm good to go. No, motherfucker, there's layers to everything. This is a perpetual practice. And if you check in every so often, you can really clear that river and get the flow going. Whereas most of us, I think we let our river get so jammed up that we need a festival with drugs or an ayahuasca ceremony to clean the river only to start filling it up with sticks again a week later. It's I, Guys, I've been there. It's not the path. It, it's good. It's going to help you and all that. But this is about checking in often. And I want to create that space. You know, I have it with some of my friends. And it's made me a completely different person. And that's why I'm here doing this. So uh, let me calm down. But if this, if you feel me, fucking hit me up, all right? Soraya. I have a couple questions from the Army of Love community. One comes from a female, one comes from a male. We'll basically like start to close this ceremony with these questions. But before I enter that space, uh, is there anything that comes up for you that you want to share in conclusion of our conversation? And of course, you don't have to, but I'd like to give you that opportunity. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um... I think really finding the why behind what you do is is key. It's how we disrupt the pattern is by checking in when you start to notice, you know, whatever your vice is that you're going towards, start trying to catch yourself as you're going to do that thing and asking, what am I feeling in my body? What emotions are present? What sensations are present? What am I desiring? What am I longing for? Like what is driving me towards this vice? And then start reflecting on what are, and ideally, like you can reflect on this when you're not in the heat of the moment, because you're so deep in that pattern already, but start reflecting on what are the other things that can meet that need. So if I'm lonely, what do I need to, to work through that? And so obviously like there's ways that we can work through that socially. There's ways that we can work through that on our own, finding a deeper connection to self, getting out into nature, having a list of what am I going to do when this feeling of loneliness or this illusion of separateness comes through when i'm bored what are the different passions interests hobbies that i can tap into giving yourself a list that you actually have handy somewhere like maybe in your phone or posted on your wall somewhere that you can ask 
how else can I redirect this energy to fill my cup in a way that's actually going to nourish me? And so you have this backup plan for these are the ways I can actually get these needs met with intention. And then that's your deciding point right there. Am I going to engage in one of these healthier, more fulfilling habits um, or activities that I want to make a habit? Or am I going to slip back into my habitual response of doing this, um, engaging in this vice? If you are going to engage in the vice, fucking enjoy it at least. Don't sit there doing Uh. it in shame. Like if you're going to choose it, at least now you are making a conscious choice, right? You're no longer on autopilot. You're not just like doing it because that's what you do when you're bored or lonely. You're saying, oh, I'm going to watch porn because I feel lonely right now. And rather than choosing to do the work to connect in a way that's going to help me feel better, um, that's going to like really fill my cup, I'm going to choose to watch porn And I'm doing that consciously and I'm going to fucking enjoy it while I do it rather than programming myself with shame while I'm blasted open in this orgasmic state. Because actually when we're in that orgasmic state, we plant programming on a deeper level. So this is why like if you've ever come too soon and your partner is like pissed about it or like, you know, obviously upset that shame of like, oh, I dropped the ball. It's getting planted on a deeper level because you're blasted open. And we can also rewire in positive ways um, in that space. But if, if we're like having shame in that space, we are just drilling that deeper and feeling worse about ourselves. And you're going to feel more drained after. So like at least make the decision from a conscious place and then try do your best to choose the more fulfilling option as often as you can, because eventually you will carve new neural pathways and the old ones will be rendered obsolete. But you have to continue choosing the other pathway to, to make that new pattern within your mind. Um, but setting yourself up for success, having a list of things that are going to help and knowing why you're doing what you're doing. I think that's that's so key. So you're not just in this unconscious place around it anymore. Yes, this is incredible. Finding the why to break the loop. Uh, mm-hmm. So much of what's come clear to me from my more advanced coaching and shit I've been paying for lately is awareness and choice. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to be aware first and then you make the choice, but stand by your choice, right? And, and the last thing, go ahead. I was going to say, get clear, get clear on your desire too of like, what am I actually wanting when I'm lonely or when I'm feeling disconnected? So like if, if you're, if you see a woman's ass and you're like, oh, I'd love to be connecting with a beautiful woman, ask yourself, is going and watching porn going to support me in that path or take me further away from it? And recognizing that what she is arousing in you actually exists within you. Like she did not pass her sexual energy to you. Like she awakened the sexual energy that already exists within you. So that turn on is coming from you. And you can conjure that up on your own. You can work with that. You can nourish your own body with it. And work with that as a muse, not as something that spins you out into grasping for something that you that you want to take like let it be appreciate like appreciate it let it nourish you recognize it's not separate from you she is a reflection of what's already inside of you 
And this is a huge piece of sexual mastery to be able to interface with sexually liberated, attractive women and not need to go act on it and get it out of your system. So you're expanding your capacity for high intensity sensation, learning to channel turn on through your body. This is something I work on with tons of my clients, um, not just sexually, but like when it comes to conflict and money, like anything that's high sensation, we typically want to like shoot it out of the body. We want to get away from it. Um, and we need to learn how to, to build that capacity and move it through the body. And so that's a big step in sexual mastery is can you be around these beautiful sexually empowered women without letting it wreck your day without needing them to tone it down without pointing any fingers at them for being in their essence um and asking yourself like what what do i actually want because if i do want to connect with a woman actually that dopamine blast that you get from porn is signaling to your body that you've already achieved the reward that you're after and you are much less motivated to go after creating that connection because you've satiated that need on some level but in a cheaper way and so it diminishes that yang edge that encourages encourages you to take risks and put yourself out there um so it is not uncommon at all that I talk with tons of people who, um, you know, didn't didn't have sex for the first time until they were 30. Nothing wrong with that. But often it's because they were so addicted to porn that they never had the motivation, the confidence, the skill sets to know how to connect with a real human. And so that's something I see happen commonly, as well as people being like, I can't get turned on by my partner anymore um, because they are so blasted, like numb by porn um, and their body doesn't even respond even to the point that they won't get erections while they sleep anymore. And it can take nine months of detoxing from porn for full erection strength to come back. So it's, it's something that if you really want that connection, you have to recognize, is this worth the way that it's derailing me from cultivating that connection, the way that it's robbing me of that life force? Um, or do I wanna channel that arousal into like going out and connecting or like working on myself, working out, creating, going and meeting people, that energy, that arousal is vitality. So like channel it towards what you want rather than flushing it down the toilet, literally and figuratively. God damn sister, you cooking. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, I'm gonna need to watch that part a few times because <laughs> wow you just said a lot there was you know i wanted to talk about the fear of commitment and that whole thing nah it's not happening this episode <laughs> let's leave this here and go into the questions and okay. we already got the next the next episode lined up so we'll be back um because i do really want to talk about performance anxiety and how it's such a disgrace to the the sacred act of what sex can be and how we can share this it shouldn't be a, a performance but that's a whole other conversation um thank you so much for just existing and taking the time to flow with us here because when you get going like that oh my god i'm over here dancing beautiful <laughs> oh i love the way you get me going thank you for asking such good questions <laughs> oh my goodness so speaking of questions we're going to close today's episode with some questions from the audience i have to say this is my first time doing this and i am so excited this is the whole fucking point of this project 
is that I'm meeting incredible people and I have access to them. So I want to give you access to them. And that's what we're here for, right? We're all walking each other home. So question one comes from a female. And of course, we're not going to say any names, but I want to say thank you for being open and asking this very important question. There's a couple layers to it, so we'll take it a step at a time. Is it possible to have a healthy relationship to porn, or is it only destructive and misleading pleasure? Before you start, I want to give my amateur answer of, yes, it is possible, but I'll let you do the rest. (laughs) So, I mean... Yeah, I I work a lot uh, in the realms of Tantra and Taoism, which are non-dual traditions. So they don't see anything as like purely um, good or purely evil that, you know, they're they're not so hung up on good or bad. Everything is two sides of the same coin. I think that, you know, most things in in moderation uh, with intention can have a very different effect. So it's like, you know, do we say like never, ever, ever eat junk food? Like, no, everything... We, we want to have a healthy moderation unless you're just like, yeah, like I don't ever want to put that in my body, but it's not something that I'm repressing actively and spending all this energy repressing um, and, and repressing versus like letting energy flow is a big thing, too, because like we we don't want to be stuffing things down. We want to have ways that we allow energy to flow, that we acknowledge it. Like I said, giving everything a seat at the table. So I think, mm. again, it comes back to your why. Why are you using it? And that's nobody else's to judge. Like your intention, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. It's it's like, is that an integrity with you? Does it feel good to you why you're why you're using it? And are there and, go ahead. Well, let me read the next part of the question because you're already dipping into it. So it'll be good. Sure. So she goes on to say, <clears throat> let me get my question and answer voice. <clears throat> yeah. Seeing it from a spiritual view where I want to be connected to my body and not only a quick release of orgasm, but an orgasm that brings me closer to myself. I feel shame of the fact that it actually pleases me. I also struggle with the shame, 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 shame. I also struggle with the shame of actually getting horny by porn while being a feminist and working for the justice of human rights, women's bodies, and healthy relationships between men and women. It is a topic filled with shame and confusion, I think. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this. Wow, there is so much here. I love this question. Um, Okay, so I'll start with like, yeah, again, what is your intention? If you want a quick release and you're like, porn feels good. And I know that I'm doing this for a quick release. And I know the ways that that could be, um, you know, affecting me if I continue to to relate with it in this way as like the go-to way. And you're aware of that, but you want to go for it, like go for it. If you're, if your intention is I want to have a more spiritually inclined experience where I'm connecting more deeply with myself, porn is probably not going to be the best pathway for that intention because it's not about connecting with yourself. It's about watching something else on a screen and turning that energy within and focusing on your own body and conjuring up that arousal that's already within you. So that porn is triggering the arousal, but that sexual energy already lives within you. So 
you know, how can you coax that out of yourself? Can you get turned on by yourself and your own body and what it is to be you and to be present with yourself as a person in the same way that you would with a lover? And that can take some practice when we're used to outsourcing that and when we haven't taken that time with ourselves. So, you know, I encourage you to to get clear on the intention of what am I really wanting here? And if I'm not feeling aroused and I want to be, why do I want to be aroused? And why am I not feeling aroused? What's in the way of that? And am I trying to like put a bandaid on something or override something that maybe my body is trying to express? Because anytime that our sexual organs or our sexual energy isn't functioning in the way that we expect it to or we want it to, it's not doing what it's supposed to. It's always a messenger from our body letting us know that maybe something is out of alignment, that we need to pay closer attention to something, that we need to listen more deeply. So every single dysfunction, I hate that word for it. Um, so whether it's like ED, premature ejaculation, not getting wet, not being able to orgasm, like there's always, these are ways that the body is communicating. It's not actually something not working most of the time. Almost everyone I work with, um, even when they think they have a physical problem, it's very often more of an emotional or energetic blockage. There are some physical pieces that can play into it, but we want to be honoring the body as a messenger and hearing what it has to say. Um, so that's what I'll say to that piece. Did you have anything you wanted to say before I move to the next piece? Thank you for asking, because I do. I just wanted to give you a shout out because your Art of Transmutation course really opened the door for me to learn the language of my body in a much deeper way. Mm. And these signals that I used to view as negative or put me in a, a downward spiral, and then they would just perpetuate because then I'd be nervous about it next time. Uh, you help me learn to listen to my body in new ways. Mm. So first of all, thank you for that. And second of all, I mean, it's important that people at least know that this is possible and there are teachers out there. So for anyone watching, uh, it goes beyond just tuning in with your body, as you can tell from Soraya's excellence. But uh, I really recommend if this is something that means a lot to you to consider investing in direct time with Soraya so that you can really learn this system yourself because we can watch podcasts and read books all day but until you have the direct experience i mean i mean i'm speaking from my own perspective but direct experience is where it's at and sometimes it really helps to have somebody guide you so just a little quick authentic advertisement carry <laughs> on thank you for that and and thanks for thanks for using the tools from the course right it's like i can lay the the road maps but you have to fuel the engine if you don't use them it's like you know it's just cerebral candy so it's about embodiment um cerebral candy oh <laughs> damn i see a lot of candy junkies out there <laughs> what was Love the that. next part of the question was that the one about um like feminism and, and feeling like shame around uh, getting horny yeah, by porn. So, yeah, I guess basically, well, I'll just read it real quick. I struggle with the shame of actually getting horny by porn while being a feminist and working on women's body rights and things like that. So it really feels like a shame-based experience, there's, yeah. There's a few things I would say about that is like, 
our body and our mind are not necessarily going to um, be aligned in the way that we perceive something. So like our bodies can register information as sexually relevant and then respond in kind, even if our mind is not turned on by the situation. Um, and this is a really important concept to understand. Um, this, this is talked a lot about in the book, Come As You Are. It's called non-concordance. And so like, um, let's say you're wet or you're hard in response to something that your mind is like, ew, I'm not into this. This is like not my jam, but why is my body responding in this way? You don't need to judge yourself about that because here's the thing, the body just perceives energy, just perceives sensation. It's like a sensory input, but the mind is what perceives like the the dualistic construct of that the mind is what makes meaning of the sensation and so this is very interesting because it's like we're just we're just receiving this neutral energy and then our mind makes meaning of it and this isn't good or bad in some situations it can be problematic so sometimes like we experience a sensation of like tension and contraction in the body and the mind turns that into anxiety around like, oh, what if this, 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 and this happen? And it's like, well, what if we just drop into the sensation underneath that and we breathe with it and we be with it without making a story about what it means and we just let it be here and we learn to work with it. That's really helpful. But then the mind can also let us know like, oh, maybe this is like not in alignment with my moral compass or like what turns me on mentally or what I want to be engaging in. Maybe this is something like I'm having a sexual experience that's crossing a boundary and mentally I'm like, I don't want this, but my body is still being receptive to it. We need to understand that like the mind and body are deeply connected, but they are kind of running on different programs. And so it's okay if it feels like there's a split there and, and to tune into like, okay, maybe my body is getting turned on by that, but it's not something I mentally want to engage and I don't need to judge myself that I did get turned on by it, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense to me, yeah. And, you know, there, there are so many kinds of porn out there and I will say a ton of it is very objectifying of women. Um, a ton of the women in the porn industry are not in it of their own, like, joyous fuck yes choice many of them are some of them really enjoy it but there is a lot of sex trafficking going on or women who are in very desperate situations who don't know another way and so it's like yeah you have to be discerning around where you're sourcing it and feeling into what is the energy behind it um you know i'm i'm sure that there's porn that will feel much better in your body than other porn um and like i'm just a huge fan of working with sexuality in the body and like not projecting it outwards into a screen. And there's enough screens in my life on a daily basis anyway. So that's, that's like my uh, preference is to just like be present with what is right here right now. But if that's something that you want to explore, I definitely think that there are healthy ways to go about it. It just takes a really keen awareness and intention and discernment around how you fold it into your life. Let me help you out, sister. Balesa Films is porn filmed by women. You think I only curate music. The music is just an escape from the loop in my head. If you don't think I've fucking found the best porn out there, you're out of your goddamn mind. Balesa Films, and check out Owen Gray. I'll leave you with that one. 
next question. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay, this is the final question. This comes from a man. He says, hey, mate, so good that you're talking about this. I've been addicted to porn for years, and today it feels like I'm struggling to get out. It definitely affects my sexual life with my partner. I noticed that it took my pleasure as a hostage and the only way to get this level of sensation is from watching porn. I rarely get horny just from being around my partner and it's not fun anymore. I realize that I'm addicted, but I still can't fight it. And then he goes on to say, um, my question must be the most basic one, but how does one escape from it? What is there to do when the urge comes and you just open up any website and jump on it? So I'll, I'll start um, and then you go for it. Uh, I just want to say that I want to say thank you so much for this brave soul. You know, only two people sent in questions. I'm sure a lot of people have questions. Uh, so thank you for bringing up this topic, man, because I've talked to a few men and a few married men who are very, very deep in this situation, and they found themselves in a spot where they haven't even communicated this with their partner, and now there's a gap of trust, and how can you really surrender with someone if, the, if you're hiding stuff from them? So I do think that um, for this gentleman here, uh, my advice for him on my level, we're going to pass it to you in a moment, but on my level is, you know, just talking about it and, and getting it out is a huge first step. And that's why I really want to create space for men to kind of share their experiences and maybe what's worked for someone else will work for someone over here. But it kind of sounds like, and I'm, I'm just giving my perspective. It kind of sounds like he just wants to like cut it off, get it out, rather than like fully give it a hug and let it poop out later naturally. So what what say you to that, Soraya? Um, I, I noticed the same thing about how there's there's a um, an Einstein quote, and it's I'm not gonna get it perfectly, but it's something along the lines of like the mind that created the problem is not the same mind that will solve the problem it's like you have to um so if, if you are using porn to escape then like trying to escape the addiction is not what's going to get you out of the escapist mentality so again turning towards being present with listening to receiving what is going on in your body why are you wanting to engage this and setting yourself up with those backup options of how else you can meet those needs. And then ideally like setting yourself up with any of the obvious ones on your computer of like porn blockers and, and any tools that can assist you. Um, because it's like, yeah, I mean, like when I used to have a sweet tooth, it was it was like if there was if there was sugar, like food in the house, I'm, I'm going to eat it. If it's not in the house, it was a lot more out of sight, out of mind for me. Um, but having something like right there at your fingertips is going to be a lot harder to not engage when it is right there. So setting yourself up with like the the physical barriers, but then really getting to know yourself of what am I 
escaping from? What am I not willing to feel? What am I being avoidant around? How can I create deeper intimacy with myself and with my partner? And that's huge. And we we can't get super intimate with somebody else if we're not willing to be intimate with ourselves. And I don't just mean sexually intimate. I mean, really paying attention to what is going on in your inner world and being honest and courageous as to how you drop in with that. So um, I would say that's huge. And, and working on resensitizing your system and recognizing it can take nine months to fully detox physically from porn. Um, and it's it's something I see often of men who like can't even get an erection anymore because they're so addicted to porn and and talking with your partner, like letting her know that this isn't about her. It's not that you're not turned on by her. It's that your system has been has built a tolerance um, to novelty and to being able to have whatever you want at your fingertips. It doesn't actually invite you to be present with a real person. And so that takes a lot of time to retrain the system to be able to do so. So patience, practice, perseverance, and compassion for yourself are so important. Beautiful words, Soraya, thank you. I do want to sort of dive a little deeper into how somebody can, if, if let's just say, I'm not for sure, but I, I do know in certain cases that that the man hasn't communicated this with their partner. And if you're a conscious communicator and you've been practicing this for 10 years, it might still be a difficult conversation to have. Not everyone has that level of experience in difficult, honest conversations. So... I'm going to play the man here and you're going to play the woman. It just seems to make sense. And I'm curious, like, I'm scared maybe that you're going to judge me or feel less of me because of my existing habits with porn. So I generally just don't share it with you. And then that creates a little bit of stress that I later have to escape from. Where do I go to do that? You see what's happening here? So how, from a woman's perspective, and I can't guarantee you that the woman you're going to speak to is going to receive you the way that Soraya is, but from a place of just nurturing and love, like, can you help remove some of the fear for men uh, just from an honest perspective of how you would like your partner to approach you if this were the situation? Mm. Yeah, I would I would really I would want my partner to come forth with honesty and self-responsibility around like this is this is what I've been engaging with. This is why um, here is how you can support me. Like, I think as as a woman, I think it's really important. I know so many relationships <clears throat> where the woman takes it very personally and thinks that he's just not that into her anymore. And so establishing like this is about like my wounding patterns like my vices my addictive tendencies that I need to work through and this isn't anything to do with like disrespecting or dishonoring you or you not being enough but this is like my struggle that I'm going through and here's why here's why I do it here's what I'm trying to escape um can you help support me in these ways like these are things I could see being more um fulfilling and and as a woman to like really keep an open heart, have compassion, have patience, recognize that 
we are all shaped by our society in so many ways that can take us so far away from our true self. Um, the average age in this country for a boy seeing hardcore porn, I'm not sure about girls, but for boys, it's 10 years old right now. No fucking way. Are you serious? Yeah. So this is this is a big, big, big problem right now that so many people are struggling with. So I think for women to understand, like a lot of women struggle with it too. It's not just men, but I think like as the partner of somebody struggling with it to really recognize like this is this is like an epidemic, like it's, it's been going on like crazy and um, it's not like just this person. And this is something that has been fed to people very intensely. Um, and, and it can create a lot of like, I mean, here's the thing. If you started watching porn before the age of 25, when your brain is fully developed, it's that neuroplasticity is still so high when you're young that it's like, it's going to be a lot harder to rewire. Whereas if you started watching after the age of 25, it's, it's easier, but it's like your sexuality has formed in conjunction with watching porn. And there can be a lot of crossed wires between what your mind and your heart are in resonance with and what your body is responding to. And so I think it's really important to just have compassion that this is, this is something that so many people are struggling with. And the more that we can greet it with love and embrace it with compassion, that's how we pull it out of the shadows of shame. That's how we say, you have a place here at the table too. We're going to work through this as a team. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, just this idea to be soft with each other. And, you know, our egos make take things personally. Uh, but to recognize it's really not all about you. And I'll conclude this episode by just briefly sharing my experience as a human. I was an overweight kid and I didn't have sex till I was 21. I was thinking about sex all the time. I basically started watching porn multiple times a day, probably 16 years old through 24, you know, and I'm a loving man. I really am. And I've had to like come back to that because I got so conditioned by my views on sex. And it's not like I wanted to objectify women, but my fear of rejection and connecting with women put me in a place to lean on other resources. And I went so deep into porn that here I am as a 35 year old realizing I don't really even know what sex is. So I say that to say this, I'm a pretty self-aware, kind, loving guy. I mean, we started the army of love for Christ's sake. And, you know, this is stuff that, that I struggle with. And I wouldn't have been able to come to the peace that I'm at with it today without the compassion from beautiful women who receive me in all that I am and aren't quick to judge me or kind of shame me for the habits of my past so it's just a reminder that we're all in this together whether it's porn addiction whatever it is it's an invitation to kind of put your own triggers aside and in having compassion for one another as we really start to discover our true nature of ourselves so it's really important that we're on the same page 
when we do this. And everybody's going to benefit from it. Everybody, the old grandma's even going to benefit from it. Not from a sexual orgasm standpoint, but just energetically. You know, if we can be more real with who we are. If my neighbor is healing and becoming more in touch with who they are, that benefits me. And it goes around the world. We're all connected in this. So thank you to the question askers. It really opened some doors for some key points that Soraya was able to drive home. And Soraya's sister, I don't know what to say. Are you coming to Mexico? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I'm working on it. I um yeah, I've been sitting with that a lot, so we'll see about that. But um just just watering the seeds. <laughs> I appreciate that. I would love to come see you. It's definitely on my radar. Um I'd say I'd say the last the last thing I'd say about that is like we really do need to get past the blame and shame way of navigating conflict. It is so problematic. We could do a whole episode just on that. Um, but I want to say like to everyone, your, your sexual struggles, your struggles in general, they don't define you and they, they can shape you. They can lead you on a path to discovering parts of yourself through that healing. They can be an invitation to transmute them and to come into a deeper, more embodied version of yourself. And so see them as opportunities rather than as these things Mm. to be ashamed of that define you, that make you a bad person. It's none of that. Like all the challenges that we experience in life are invitations to level up. And I came into this work through my own sexual challenges, not because I just like, you know, came into my sexuality as this fully liberated person and wanted to share that with the world. It was through my own struggles and having, having to take a much closer look at sexuality than maybe I would have if I didn't have those struggles. I had to like go much deeper into that realm to work through these things. So I see these things as uh, pathways to deeper parts of ourselves. And if you can have the courage to lean into the discomfort and push your edge, I trust you'll find really beautiful gifts on the other side of it. Got no words. I got no words. That's it. Thank you so much. Um, Soraya, you have to leave.